warm welcome to the first ever episode of the Saggy Froggy Knits podcast. And as the name indicates, this will be a show mainly focused on knitting. Having said that, down the line, I will also be delving into the exciting world of other fibre arts, such as needle felting and spinning. But for now, I will be saving those topics for another day, as after all, this is the welcome episode, where I shall be giving you a brief insight into my knitting history, as well as talking about what I've currently got on the needles, and answering some of your knitting-related questions. If we could jump back in time, I think we all agree that if someone mentioned the word knitting, quite inevitably many of us would have thought of a sweet little old lady sitting on a rocking chair surrounded by balls of yarn merrily click-clacking those needles. Well, I'm pleased to say that over the past decade, the image of knitting and knitters has shifted in a much more modern direction especially with celebrities such as Gwyneth Paltrow and Uma Thurman advocating knitting as one of their all-time favourite hobbies. We all love knitting and many of us knit for different reasons, from the numerous health benefits to the meditative nature of the craft. It is an attractive hobby to all sorts of people, from retirees to hipsters. I've heard that some people even use it as a form of anger management. And over the past couple of years, there's even been a huge upsurge of yarn bombing, also known as gorilla knitting, which always makes me really chuckle. I literally think of a gorilla sitting and knitting. But however, that obviously isn't what it's all about. I guess it's best described as the equivalent of yarn graffiti, where colourful knits end up being displayed on trees and fences and, well, almost anywhere as rather cosmic street art. There are just so many knitting-related fun things to talk about and explore. I felt compelled to set up this podcast so that I could share that journey with you. Goodness me, all of that chit-chat and I actually have neglected to introduce myself properly and so now is the time I guess. My name is Claudie and I have been knitting on and off for the past 35 years really I think like most people, I was taught from quite a young age and um, typically it was my grandmother who taught me how to cast on and she also taught me the critical knit stitch and it was my aunt Josephine who was extremely patient with me one afternoon. I remember she came round for tea and I remember I was just pleading with her to teach me how to purl and she was very kind and patient and did just that and I managed to master it that afternoon. And I was thrilled. That was it. I was off and away. I suppose I ought to explain the origins of the rather curious name, Saggy Froggy, too. Well, that actually also correlates with my Instagram account. And I can tell you now that this all came about because I had started frogging a few projects that I had lying around in bags for years. And I wanted to reclaim this fantastic yarn. Actually, some of it goes back even 20 years And as you can imagine, those knits were looking fairly dated and so they had had their time and it was time to reclaim that yarn. And so for those of you out there who don't know what frogging actually is, I ought to explain that too. 
Well, frogging, it's the term given to the process of ripping back your knitting. And that could be whether you've got a mistake in your knitting or you just simply want to um, completely ditch a project and get that yarn back which is what I was trying to do. And I suppose the name, it has risen in popularity over the past few years. And I think if you actually sit and think about it, if you are ripping back a project, not only do you have that sound of the yarn undoing and the stitches unraveling, which kind of makes a funny kind of ribbit sound, but not only that, if you actually say rip it out loud, that also sounds a bit like ribbit, that well-known froggy sound. So that was the froggy element. And um, that's something that I thought I would like to pursue and then that actually triggered my brain to think of a an old folk tale that I learnt way back in junior school and it was about a rather evil witch and she had moved into a village and she was not very popular at all because if anybody crossed her path she would cast a spell on them and turn them into lo and behold a saggy froggy and I can remember the words to her spell even to this day which were icky biggy baggy boggy be a little saggy froggy and she would wave her wand and this big cloud of smoke would appear and whoever it was she had cast her spell on would turn into this poor looking saggy froggy and I was just thinking about this story and frogging my work and I thought gosh that actually is quite appropriate because if one is committed to frogging a project that they've had going for some time it can be a bit deflating and so I felt that kind of correlated with the name Saggy and so there we are that is the um, origins of my name uh, for both my Instagram account and the podcast. And I'm glad to get it out there because I must say, since opening my Instagram account, I have had a few messages from people who have contacted me to talk about my knitting or ask me a question and they have commented on my name. So that is it explained, hopefully. Yes, so we can move along and I can tell you a bit more about my knitting history gosh, that means I have to rewind until I was about eight years old. And I remember I had mastered the, as I said, I mastered the knit stitch, the purl stitch, and I could cast on and cast off. And I had all those tools under my belt. And so I had been saving uh, quite vigilantly for quite a few weeks, saving up my pocket money. And um, at least once a week, I would go into our local town, which was Watford in Hertfordshire. And I would go there with my parents. And there was a store there called Truins. And I do believe that was actually owned by the John Lewis Partnership, which is a very well-known retailer in the UK. And it's still going even now. I remember I visited the haberdashery department. I was always always going along to to visit it. Just being in that environment just made me super happy. And I remember staring at this yarn, which was really, really fluffy. And 
I hadn't really seen anything quite like it before. To remember, this was the 80s, guys. And so um, there was quite a lot of mohair about, I guess. And I set my sights on this green ball of mohair. And at that time, I really didn't have a clue about knitting different weights of yarn and that kind of thing. And so I came away with this lace weight, froggy green mohair. And I remember clutching it on the way home and thinking, gosh, I was just so excited to get home and cast on something for my teddy. Because at that time, like many of us, I think if we start at such a junior age, that is our main focus, knitting for our teddies and dolls. So anyway, this is what I did. And I was doing really well until I noticed I had horror of horrors, dropped a stitch. And in those days, um, when I dropped a stitch, I hadn't a clue that you could actually um, pick it up again and get it back on your needle. I had no crochet hooks. It was literally just a knitting, a set of knitting needles that my grandmother had kindly gifted me as she wasn't much of a knitter she was more of a sewist actually although she could knit it wasn't her favorite and so she had kindly loaned me her needles and anyway I'd spotted this drop stitch and um, not knowing how to rectify it I embarked on undoing about an inch worth of knitting to get to this stitch and as you can imagine it ended in tears and tantrums because anybody who has tried to undo mohair I'm sure will have felt my pain at that moment how I don't know quite what happens but it definitely manages to almost felt itself together and it really is a wonder that that project didn't put me off for life but thank goodness it didn't because here we are many many years later and I'm delighted to say I have just taken delivery of can you guess Yes, mohair yarn, quite a large quantity too, because I have spotted a really beautiful pattern in the Pom Pom Quarterly magazine, which is, I believe their 40th issue. I think they actually have just released, or I think you can order now, the um, summer 2022. However, this is my, the one that I've got, my latest one is issue 40, and that is spring 2022, which is jam-packed full of their most beautiful photography and styling and patterns. And there's even a recipe in there at the back for some rather tempting goodies, which I am yet to attend. But I must say, I dedicate any free time I have to crafting, and so there isn't much room for baking treats. I tend to just rely on the supermarket for those. Anyway, as I'm sure you can imagine, I am absolutely itching to get this new project on the needles. However, any of you who know me out there will know that I am absolutely shocking for spotting a new pattern and getting really excited and wanting to cast that on immediately despite having quite a few works in progress on the go at the moment and so I actually am going to be really disciplined and try so hard to um, fight off the urge to cast on this fantastic cardigan which is actually I just pop the name in now I think it's called Flotty if I hadn't mentioned that earlier and again I will be putting that in the show notes below for you. 
So anyway, I really want to cast this on. However, I must, must, must finish my current work in progress, which actually is a shawl. And it is a very popular pattern known as the Night Shift Shawl by a American knitter and designer called Andrea Maori. I think she's been on the scene for quite a few years now. She has Gosh, just so many fantastic patterns. Again, I will put a link in the show notes for you. Um, So she's definitely worth checking out. And anyway, this fantastic shawl pattern is reliant on creating a mild aesthetic, a really clever use actually of slipped stitches. And it's a very, very simple process. And I think it looks a lot harder than it actually is. I do believe that Andrea calls for six skeins of spin cycle yarn, which is a worsted weight yarn to actually complete this project on a five millimeter needle. I actually had been feeling a bit fed up with my knits in progress and nothing was really talking to me. So I had actually been doing an awful lot of swatching of my stash yarn, which consisted of all sorts of things. But the stuff I had been swatching is Drops DK Merino yarn. And I'd been mixing that with several different styles of mohair with Surya Packers. And I was creating these really pretty blends in my favourite colours, which are all pinks and uh, quite a few pastely lilacs and things. Even though I've had this project in my project library for quite some time, it hadn't really occurred to me until then to actually try knitting with something different. So that's what exactly what I did. I cast on and boy oh boy did this knit go quickly. I knit it in about five days. It was definitely very addictive because I actually ended up knitting an extra pattern repeat. It was just so 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 exciting to see all the different colours marl and change and I was holding at sometimes up to three yarns at once and I would drop one yarn out and put another one back to kind of create create a blended aesthetic with all of those fantastic colours. I really was pleased with the outcome. I showed my mum who absolutely loves a cosy squishy shawl and who doesn't let's face it. Anyway I showed her and she absolutely loved it although they weren't her favorite colors and so I said don't worry mum I will knit you one to suit you and your favorite colors and so again I've been stash diving and this time I fancied shaking it up a bit I wanted to have a go with some of my Rowan felted tweed because I thought that might give quite a nice look and feel even and I'm mixing that with also the other Suri alpacas and mohairs that I have in my stash so that is actually turning out so so pretty it's incredibly different to my first efforts one thing I must say about this pattern it is a great pattern it's super it's really well written this isn't a criticism of the actual pattern itself however I do prefer symmetrical shawls and this one you just start in one corner and then you're constantly every right side row you're doing your increases you end up with an asymmetric triangle if that kind of makes sense they're not my favorite to style and wear and I find it a bit easier to wear either a longer style shawl or even a just a symmetrical um, type of 
scarf ready or shawl and I must say I'm doing this on a slightly smaller needle this time round just simply because the fabric having swatched it it's just come out this that little bit lighter it, you can afford to go down a needle size basically so that's what I've done it's allowed me to do six pattern repeats and now I've decided I'm going to stop increasing and I'm just going to knit straight for a good meter or so before I start decreasing again I've got to be really careful to make sure I am decreasing at the correct angle if you like because I again I want this to be a symmetrical garment so yeah that is going really really well it's definitely a bit slower not to say that it's not as addictive as the first time round it's just simply the fact that I've been a bit busier recently and also the fact that I'm knitting a slightly smaller gauge well, having covered my current work in progress that I am absolutely committed to finishing before I cast on that beautiful flotty cardigan, I guess it's time to check out those emails which I received the other day and hopefully I'll be able to um, troubleshoot your knitting queries. So let's look at the first one, which is from Sally, who says she's based in Windsor in the UK. Um, hi Sally and thanks for taking the time out to get in touch that's much appreciated okay let's read your email Hello Saggy Froggy, I am quite a novice knitter and I have recently embarked on my first ever sweater Oh that's great, congratulations Sally Brilliant, I love to hear when people are um, starting their first sweater that's a very exciting project Anyway, I diverse, let's get back to your email So you were saying you've just started your first sweater I've knit my first side, which is the front, and I am using stocking stitch. So therefore, I have knit the right side and purled the wrong side. However, quite a few of my stitches look like they're leaning in different directions. Please, can you advise me what I may be doing wrong? Okay, Sally, I noticed you haven't included a photograph with your email. However, not to worry. I think I know what might be going wrong. I'm assuming this obviously isn't anything to do with increasing or decreasing, which naturally, depending on what type of increasing or decreasing you may be doing, that can actually cause um, your stitches to purposely give the aesthetic of slanting to the left or to the right. However, that doesn't sound like that is your issue. It sounds to me like you have twisted stitches. Now, there are a couple of ways that that can happen. Quite often, it will happen on the purl side. And if you are pulling your yarn across and you're just pulling it through in the wrong fashion, you can actually accidentally twist the stitch. Alternatively, if maybe you have even, um, I know you haven't said it, but perhaps you have addressed a drop stitch or something like that, and you've gone back to rectify this mistake and you have actually removed your stitches from the needle and you've put them back on, it's very possible that you could have quite possibly remounted your stitches incorrectly. So they're almost twisted and back to front, if that makes sense, on the needle. 
And if that's not addressed at the time and you don't spot it when you start to pick your work up and knit again and you're not twisting them back as you go, then um, yes, that could create a slightly um, funny appearance, if you like, in the right side of your fabric. Um, the good news is that there are so many fantastic YouTube tutorials out there now and I think if you actually went onto YouTube and you search for um, twisted stitches and making sure that you have your stitches mounted on the right way onto your needle then I hope that may remedy um, anything like that that could crop up for you in the future. So fingers crossed that's what it is and um, that's so easy to fix Sally so don't worry too much about that and um, again congratulations on knitting your first sweater. I really hope the rest of it goes well for you and do let me know how you get on that would be lovely. Okay we've got time for one more email and this next one is from Cherry in Fife. So hi Cherry thanks for writing in let's see what you have to say. Hello, Saggy Froggy. I'm fairly new to knitting and have just discovered Ravelry. I have been in quite a few forums and noticed that when people are talking about different projects, they are comparing as to whether they have got the right gauge. I've heard it mentioned so many times before and I don't really know what it means. Can you explain it to me, please? Yes, I sure can, Cherry. I'm afraid gauge is one of those things that us knitters are just a love to hate. But yes, I will give it my best shot at explaining how to get a good gauge. I can't think of a fellow knitting friend that actually enjoys knitting gauge swatches. However, in most circumstances, they are a necessity unless you're knitting something like a shawl or a blanket where things aren't quite so critical. If it comes up a bit too small or a bit too big, then I don't think anyone's going to notice particularly or complain. However, it's a different story if you're creating a garment. And so you want to get that right, especially when you're putting so many hours into a project. It's definitely worth taking the time to actually knit yourself a gauge swatch. And don't forget, it's absolutely critical you treat this swatch as you would the finished garment you intend on making. So, for example, if you are going to be knitting a sweater, you're inevitably going to be washing that at some point. So that means you really want to wet block your gauge swatch. And so I would recommend probably most gauge swatches are generally about three inches square. So once you've created that, fabric you want to refer back to your ball band or your skein band where they have all the instructions there for how you should wash your yarn and generally they'll tell you whether it's a hand wash or machine wash and as to what degrees that yarn can tolerate so that's definitely worth adhering to and don't forget that once you've washed it according to the instructions you're going to want to try and get as much moisture out of that as possible so grab a clean fresh towel and roll it up and give it a good old squish without actually agitating your sample too much because you don't want to accidentally felt your gauge swatch which again if you're using uh, something like rowan felted tweed for example that is most certainly going to felt and you don't want to do that 
um, well, not <laughs> not unless it's intentional and you wish to felt your project, but I'm sure in most cases you don't really want to be doing that. So anyway, once you've done that, it's time to lay your sample flat and let it dry naturally. And the best way to do that really is to just lay that sample out flat on another clean dry towel or alternatively I like to use foam blocking mats and the reason I like those is because you can actually manipulate and shape your knitting just that little bit more by placing those t-pins carefully in selected places on your knitting especially if you're um, trying to block something such as lace work it really allows you to open that fabric up and show it off to its absolute best don't forget you've put all that time into creating those fantastic um, patterns and stitch work and it's really worth taking the time to actually stretch it out and um, so you can show it off to its absolute best as I say. So anyway that is really what um, you need to do as far as knitting a sample and now that takes us to the bit which you're talking about which is actually measuring your gauge. It sounds a lot more complicated than it is basically. All it is is working out a stitch to inch ratio. That's normally the most common or if you like stitch to two and a half centimetres ratio. Basically what you want to do is get a ruler and you're going to just place that over your knitted fabric sample and you just need to count how many stitches you have per inch and that is going to tell you whether you have met the desired uh, requirement for the pattern you wish to knit. It's not too much of a worry if you don't get it right first time. There's a very simple rule for you to follow. Basically, if you have too large a stitch and therefore you have too few stitches per inch then you just simply need to come down a needle size alternatively if you do your stitch count and you find you have too many stitches and it's coming up a little bit too tiny just go up a needle size and there's a lot of flexibility there you just need to sort of adjust it accordingly I would recommend if you're quite new to knitting as you said you are do start off with the recommended guidelines from your pattern and um, take it from there really. So I wish you the best of luck with your gauge swatching. Fingers crossed that your project will then turn out the size you need it to be. I do really hope that helps you Cherry and if you'd like to stay in touch and let me know how that goes for you in the future then of course I would love to hear from you. And that goes for all of you lovely lot too. If you would like to get in touch, then my email is in the show notes below for you. So hopefully um, there'll be no confusion there. The one thing I would actually love you to include in your emails is not only your name and where you reside, but I'd also like to be informed of your pronoun too, please, because I sadly don't want to be addressing people in the wrong manner. That would be terrible. So yes if you could include that info for me that would be super it is time to sign off for now and so i want you all to stay safe and cozy of course and don't forget that if life feels like it is unraveling right now all you need to do is get out your sticks and knit it back together because that is what knitting is all about it is magic magic